evening and welcome. My name is Julia and I'm so happy we're connecting through time and space here on the Magic Moon Club. Somehow you found your way here, so take this as a special moment for yourself. Please relax, sit back and take a deep breath. Now that we're ready, let's create some magic. It's the last new moon of the year, and just to make things a little bit more interesting, we have a solar eclipse too. This year has been interesting enough, I'd say, and I think every single one of us will be entering 2021 as a completely new person. We might have gone through a complicated, difficult year, but we're also stronger and wiser now. I think it's safe to say that the small things that upset you in 2019 wouldn't really upset you now, right? That's growth and maturity. And while we don't have to be mature at all times, it's good to see progress and realize that difficult times will bring fruits. You could argue that they probably bring the most fruits. They cause a whole harvest of results and lessons. It's a very Saturnian thing, and since I'm entering my Saturn return, as others my age too, we're going to learn to value these hard but necessary lessons, or maybe you already learned them and will now simply receive your fruits. In any case, one thing we should try to leave behind and not carry with us into 2021 are outdated beliefs that don't help and empower us. On December 15, Chiron stations direct in Aries after being retrograde since July. The asteroid Chiron represents an astrology, that inner spot where you've been hurt in early life. It's also referred to as the wounded healer and when you look it up in your birth chart, its placement can help you understand your deeper wounds and also your karmic energy from past lives that you can heal in this life. So, Chiron stations direct now, which is also a sign from the universe, that it's time to take steps into a direction of healing. And this is why I want to talk about dealing with wounds tonight with deep family wounds. See, I consciously chose to not call it healing wounds because I personally think this sounds misleading. Healing is something that we will be doing continuously throughout our lives. It's part of being human and we're never really done with healing. This doesn't mean that you're going to be suffering forever, but just that with every new lesson and sides that you heal in yourself, you'll discover a new aspect to heal within you and you will learn to feel at peace in your imperfect state of being. As we know by now, healing isn't linear. So when it comes to inner wounds, there will be times when you're completely fine with them 
And then, at other times, some situation might come up again and you might feel triggered. Maybe not as strongly as in the past, but still a tiny bit triggered. And you know what? That's fine. It doesn't mean that you're not showing progress or that you're a failure. You're a human being and you have emotions. And it's absolutely normal to sometimes feel sad or frustrated with something that happened in the past. It's your right to feel sad sometimes. So that's why rather than saying, I'm going to tell you a few steps on how you can heal your inner wounds, I prefer to say, let's deal with our wounds in a healthy way. I feel like this puts less pressure on us to be a perfect healed person. Because honestly, I'm not sure if that's even humanly possible. And you know, when it comes to your wounds and the things that happened to you in the past, these inner hurts are just like wounds we have on our bodies. They're a part of us and they will stay with us, and some of them we can't completely erase. Just like with wounds on our physical bodies, they heal, but then they turn into scars. Some of the scars I have on my body are from wounds that happened decades ago, but they're still visible on my skin. Does it mean that I haven't healed them or that there is a mistake on my body? No, it means they're healed, but they're still part of me in a way. Some wounds leave scars, others don't. Sometimes these scars fade and years later, there's no trace of them on your skin. My mother broke her elbow and has a scar there. And even though it's a healed wound, sometimes it still hurts her a bit. The same goes for our inner wounds. Some of them heal and then there's no trace of them any longer. Some others heal but leave scars that will never fade. And some wounds are special and might hurt from time to time. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or that you haven't healed well. It's the same as with my mom's elbow. No doctor would say she hasn't healed. They'd say it's normal to feel a tiny hurt from time to time. Having said that, how do we deal with these inner wounds in a healthy way? I'm going to share what I have learned and how I have dealt with my own deep wounds and I hope this is helpful to you. In my case, I'm going to be talking specifically about my father wound, but this is just for an example and I hope it's going to be helpful to share this with you. The first step in dealing with your inner wounds is accepting that they're a part of you. This is who I am. This is part of me. These wounds are part of me and I want to accept myself completely. We have a lot of shame around our inner wounds and this shame has built a wall around it. It happened back then to me when I was a kid and I didn't even notice that I was putting up a concrete wall. 
My parents had separated before I was born, so I grew up with a single immigrant mom and I had never lived with my father. On top of that, my father lived in a different country. Everyone around me, all my friends, had normal, picture-perfect families. And that's what I deep down also wanted. But how could I admit that to myself and to my mom who tried her best to make up for my neglectful father? Whenever people asked about my father and realized that weird family story I had, they kept asking more questions, especially grown-ups, and it put me in a very awkward situation. It felt like an interrogation, and even if the person didn't realize that, they were shaming me. I had to explain myself, and I understood as a child that my family situation was strange and not normal. You don't want people to pity you, and you don't want to feel pity for yourself. You also don't want to make your mom sad, and you don't want to feel sad yourself, so you lie. You make up your mind that you aren't hurt at all. As a child, we do this automatically. Our ego does this so that we feel fine. And even now, you're older, but you don't accept that you're hurt because this would make you feel very weak and vulnerable. Saying to yourself, yeah, I'm sad that I don't have a father, for example. This really sucks. I wish I had one. Well, doing this is hard. You couldn't admit that then and not even now because you would have to actually feel sad. And back then, you weren't ready to deal with that hurt. So you didn't admit that you were hurt and you didn't accept that you had a wound. But what does this mean now? If you're still not being truthful with yourself and still not admitting that it hurt you, it means you're not 100% accepting yourself the way that you are. Because that wound, that part of you that was hurt, you've shut it out and said, no, I don't want to have that side. I don't want to deal with that. So I won't admit to myself or anyone that I do have that wound. But this side is also you. It's like you saying, I have this scar on my hand and I'm gonna pretend it doesn't exist. But it's there. It's part of you. To feel liberated and free from our past hurts, we have to fully accept ourselves. Even the part who was weak and small and defenseless. Even the side of us who was hurt by whatever happened. It's okay to have a side of you that is hurt, the same way as it's okay to have parts of your body that are hurt. Or if you have a mental health issue or a disability of some sorts, it's okay, it's not a bad thing, it's part of you. And every single part of you is valid, even if it's outside of society's norm. We're all like a puzzle. And if there are a few pieces that have wounds or some issues, well, they're still part of the puzzle and they are what makes you, you. And that's why you're so special, because you've lived through all of this. 
When you accept your wounds, they will start to feel a little bit lighter inside of you. You will notice a part of you letting go of a long-held tension. Something will give a big sigh of relief inside of you. And that is when you get rid of that stubborn wall around your wound and access a softer, forgiving energy, a forgiveness toward yourself, a loving forgiveness for the you who hurt, which helps you to go to the next step, understanding your parents. Our parents are actually not very different to us and that's sometimes hard to accept because many of our parents are pretty bad people. Some of them are neglectful, some are manipulative, some are toxic, some are even abusive. But our parents, they're actually children, just like us. They're children in a grown-up body. They had parents, and their parents also had parents. And many times, the way that these people have been raised was extremely toxic and full of abuse. And not every person is capable of dealing with psychological abuse or physical abuse in a healthy way on their own. Some people are able to, but some people are not. Some people are able to ask for help, and some people are not. And it creates a vicious cycle. It doesn't mean that we have to be forgiving and say everything's forgiven because you also went through abuse. No, we don't have to do that. But it helps us in understanding that this person was an awful parent, but their parents were also really bad. And none of it had anything to do with us. It's not our fault. The generations before us didn't really have the same access to therapy as we do now. Going to a therapist was also frowned upon because of the stigma against mental health issues. So many of these parents had walked around this world with deep wounds and had never taken care of them. And then they had children. That's what happened with my father. Let me tell you a bit about him. Both of my parents were older when they had me, and my father was born in 1942. If you remember your history well, you'll know he was born during World War II. And my father is actually German, so he was born under the Nazi regime in the middle of the bombings in Germany. The house he lived in got destroyed in a bombing, and they moved to the grandparents' house, which also got bombed. They fled to the countryside, and my father, who rarely ever talked about his childhood, told my mom how he could actually remember a memory of him sitting inside the basket of his mother's bicycle and looking at the sky, thinking the falling bombs were stars. It's hard talking about German people from back then because of their role and responsibility of the atrocities committed by the Nazi regime. And this is also a big issue in the psychological healing of those regenerations and the ones after them, and even mine. These things were not talked about because Germans were guilty, so 
they shouldn't complain of what they went through. There's a book series called The Children of War, and it's a work by a psychologist who interviewed the generation of 1939 to 1945 born in Germany, and she explained how many of their trauma manifested in their later life. It's an amazing book on psychology, and I've learned a lot through it, and it's a must-read for German people or people with German parents, because there's so much healing to do. In this book, she mentions that the children who were toddlers or babies during a war have it the worst because they have lived through trauma and it's stored in their subconscious but they aren't able to remember it, so it's very difficult to work through it later on. That's the case of my father, for example. These children back then saw lots of dead bodies. My father told us they would find them while playing. But their parents were from a generation that had learned to not coddle kids. Everyone had to be tough, so they were encouraged to not even hug their kids. This was the way many people were brought up in the 40s and 50s. And even nowadays, old ladies in European countries will tell you you should let your babies simply cry because they will learn to stop on their own. Well, what I'm trying to say is, I realized my father was a war child and had trauma stored inside of him that he had never worked through. His parents weren't bad people, they were also not part of the Nazi party, thankfully, but they were hard and strict and didn't know how to show love to him. I realized my father had never learned how to love. The people who should have loved him and healed him were probably broken and in despair themselves, busy trying to build up the country, busy making a living. My grandfather's dream had been to be a doctor. He actually had a supernatural gift of healing people with his hands and would heal his wife's headaches by putting his hand on her head. But he couldn't become a doctor because he was the oldest son and had to take over the job of his father. After the war, he worked with the safest job there was, insurance. He wanted my father to be a public officer, a safe job. That was his way of taking care of his son, of making sure he had a safe future. But my father, a Sagittarius, loved the arts and the world. He wanted to go to art school. He wanted to travel the world. They weren't able to understand each other. My father felt unloved and not accepted by his parents. My father never knew what it was like to be held, to be loved, to be accepted as a child. I saw my father as a small boy, three years old, in 1945, being a child in a nightmare. It wasn't his fault that his countrymen were inhuman monsters. He grew up okay, but that little boy never got any answers. My father never got any answers, and to this day, he has a huge mistrust of the world and runs away whenever he can. So, to come back to the steps in dealing with your parent wound, this is it. The second step is to see your parents as the children that they are and the children that they were. The thing is, we have this expectation 
on our parents to be good parents because they put us on this world. We didn't ask to be here, so we feel like they have this obligation toward us to be a good parent. And yes, they do. Parents do. In an ideal world. But the truth is, our parents also didn't ask to be here. They also had to deal with their weird parents. And the past generations, including our parents' generation, didn't really think about what it means to have kids like we do nowadays. Most of them were even obligated to have kids by their family's pressure, or they simply had kids because it was expected of them. As kids and even as grown-ups, we think our parents know what they're doing, but they don't. They're just like us, winging it. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. This is what's gonna help you. Letting go of these expectations of your parents being people who should be wise and mature and to know things better than you. And instead, just see them really as the person that they actually are, not as a parent. Not as how they should be in an ideal world, but the kid they once were and are still inside that grown-up body. It helps to put things into perspective. You notice, okay, that's just the way they are and I'm not gonna be able to change them. I can only try to understand why they are the way that they are and why all these things happened. And for me, and I believe for many others, understanding something is the key in coming to terms with it and to be at peace with it and to put an end to it. That's the way that we can rationalize it in our brains and that's how we can connect the dots. This is a very human thing to do, to take things apart to understand them, but that's what gives you closure. I once watched a Korean TV show in which the father and the daughter had a heart-to-heart conversation and the father said, I'm sorry I disappointed you, I was wrong, but you know, I'm a father for the first time too. This really struck me because it's so true. Our parents are parents for the first time. They never did it before. They were doing their best, maybe. Or they were not doing anything because they felt overwhelmed. Well, whatever the case, this is all our first time as human beings for all we know. So it might help to remember that no one knows what they're actually doing. We're all just trying our best. The third thing that I will recommend to you as a way to deal with your parent wound. After you did the first two steps, I guess this is not very groundbreaking, many of you might have already done that, but the third step is to write a letter to your parent and say everything you always wanted to say. You'll put that heavy energy that is inside of you, that energy from your wound that was stored there for such a long time. You'll be putting it outside of you, 
you're releasing these words and the emotions behind those words. You're able to collect all of your thoughts and your feelings and you're putting it all on paper. And even if you don't really believe in energy work, I'll give you an example of how it does work even if we don't really know how. I once watched a video where the man explained it, so I don't take credit for this example, but you know when a little child draws some picture for you and it looks actually pretty ugly? It has no real form and the colors are all weird, right? But the little child did it with so much enthusiasm and love and when the kid hands you that picture, it looks at you with their big eyes and smiles and you feel like it's the most beautiful picture you've ever seen. Even though it's really a bit ugly, but you love it so much. You even hang it on your wall next to your work laptop and every time you look at it, you smile. Well, that's because you can feel the love that this child put on that picture. The loving energy was transferred onto that piece of paper and you feel it. That's how it works. When you put your thoughts and your emotions on a paper, you're transferring the energy, you're releasing it. With love, the more we share it, the more it grows. With hurt, the more we release it, the lighter it gets. So do it if you haven't yet. Write your heart out. After this, I have one last step to talk about, but this won't apply to everyone. Still, it's an important step in my opinion. After I worked on my father wound, I reached out to my father again and I was able to see him in a different way. I realized my father had a completely different love language than I did. The love language he received from his parents, the only one he knew, was to show your love through material security and material things. My father had, in his way, taken care of my sister and I. And even though he rarely contacted me, he always gave me expensive gifts. So now I realized that my father had actually shown his love and his care to me, but in a way that I didn't understand, especially as a child. I didn't speak his love language. As a poor kid with a mother that was very loving, expensive gifts were not practical for me. They weren't useful and I expected different shows of love from him. Something that I was used to from my mom. I realized his love got lost in translation. But I was only able to see this after I had dealt with my wound and healed it to a certain point. This realization helped me to feel better about myself. It's not our fault when people can't love us, but still, it hurts. The moment I realized that he did try to express his love for me in a certain way, I felt very relieved. Ah, so my father did love me in a way. Not that his love made me more lovable, but still, it eased the hurt a little bit. Many parents have a twisted love language. Sometimes neglect is their love language because 
They feel like they'd be horrible parents, so they stay away to not involve you in their shitty lives. Of course, there are parents who do not have any love for their children, because they are not capable of love. They are too hurt to love anyone. In any case, whether you identify a twisted love language or not, I want to remind you that it's always good to look at the bright side of things. You can look at how you have developed and see how all of your experiences have made you who you are. In my case, for example, I wrote a list of how having a neglectful father in the end helped me. I was always independent, practical, I learned things way faster than others. And yes, it would have been cool if I had had more years of my childhood but at least now at my age, I'm mature enough to be healing myself and living a happy life. There's a Christina Aguilera song called Fighter. It was pretty big when I was a teen. It says, if it wasn't for all that you tried to do, I wouldn't know just how capable I am to pull through. So I want to say thank you. She says that... She worked a little bit harder, she became much wiser, she learned a little bit faster, and she became a fighter. Yes, it's awful that we had to go through bad stuff, and some even through traumatic stuff. But you know what? It is what it is, and it's easier for us to accept the past than to fight it. It's okay if you went through trauma. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that your parents were awful. And that trauma and the past you, you don't have to hide it anymore. You don't have to hate it. You can see your wound and see that it's part of you. You'll accept yourself the way that you are, with wound or not. And then, please have a look at you the person you are today you made it out alive and not just that you despite it all you're still full of love for people full of hope and happiness despite all of the disappointment and neglect and abuse you're still saying i believe in the good i choose to love and i choose myself and i think that's so amazing This is how you can come to the conclusion that everything in life serves its purpose. And it's okay to not have a perfect family or a perfect past. Your past is still part of you and together you made it this far. And you will make it even farther. If we can survive 2020, we can survive anything. But the year-end topic I will leave for the next full moon. I wish you a wonderful new moon, keep safe during the solar eclipse, and enjoy the winter solstice and the holidays in case you celebrate. This was tonight's Magic Moon Club episode. We'll meet each other again very soon. Until then, keep creating your magic.